Good morning. Welcome to Good Health, brought to you by Good Shepherd Healthcare System in the KOHU studio. I'm Caitlin, the host for Good Health. Today we have a special guest with us, Mr. Ryan Donahue, a strategic advisor for NRC Health, the largest surveyor of healthcare consumers in the U.S. Ryan has authored many publications on topics of branding, consumerism, and community engagement. And his latest research has led him to release his most recent brand new book called Patient No Longer. Ryan shares his message across the country via national, regional, and local healthcare and hospital associations. And Good Shepherd Healthcare System is bringing Ryan out to our annual community meeting the evening of November 8th at Eastern Oregon Trade and Event Center. Ryan, welcome. Thank you for joining us this morning. Well, thank you, Kaylin. It is great to be a part of Good Health today. Yes. So, Ryan, you are a known healthcare speaker and guru on what makes the healthcare consumer tick. Why is Good Shepherd Healthcare System bringing you out to our annual community meeting to speak at this event? Well, guru is, uh, that, that's high expectations right there, but I will try to deliver. Um, so I, I bounce around the country. I'm actually based in the Midwest in Lincoln, Nebraska, but I go all over the place um, talking to healthcare systems like Good Shepherd and talking about what I'm seeing across the country and really what's happening in healthcare. What I, what I ultimately try to do is paint a portrait of sort of the American healthcare consumer because there's a lot of things that they share in common from rural to urban, different parts of the country, the coast, the Midwest. And so I try to bring, bring that por- portrait of an American consumer into the local area. So that's what I'll be trying to do at your event. Very good. And where are you from? Tell us about uh, how you came to be a professional speaker. Yeah, so I've always lived in the Midwest. I was born in the great state of South Dakota. Uh, there's not too many of us, um, but, but we're out there. Um, and I actually did um, an activity that in the Midwest we called forensics, but it was actually maybe better known as speech and debate. Um, so I did that in high school, happened to be good at it, went to nationals, all those fun things. And then I just sort of left that part of my life to the side. And then early in my career, uh, when I was out of college, I was working on some marketing programs, and we didn't have anyone to promote them. And so people said, do you want to do a webinar? There's these new things called webinars. And, oh, we have a speech available at this conference, which will be in a tiny breakout room. And mm-hmm. I said, sure, why not? And so I sort of worked my way up from those situations, as every speaker does. And all of a sudden, somehow, I got in front of more people. So... It's been a fun journey. <laughs> yes. Those good old days of speech and debate certainly was a gateway to all that was to come, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I never would have known. <laughs> so, Ryan, I read that you have worked with clients such as the Mayo Clinic. Um, what are your current working engagements and projects? Well, that's a lot of fun to talk about because, yes, I've worked with big clients like Mayo Clinic and uh, some of the big systems like Providence that would be known um, uh, up and along the coast uh, in your area. And, it, you know, what I what I really say about it is I always try to maintain a balance of clients large and small. So right now on the large side, I'm doing an engagement with um, Advocate Atrium, which is actually a mega system that is based in Illinois, Wisconsin, and North Carolina. Um, it, that's what's starting to happen in healthcare. It's a little bit like college football, where you've got Washington, Oregon, that are going to be in the same conference with Rutgers. So it doesn't always <laughs> seem like it makes sense, but you know, there's this massive expansion happening, and so I'm helping them with these 
huge issues like what do we talk about in the state of Wisconsin versus the state of Illinois. And then I'm working with small clients too. Some of my favorite clients are smaller health systems or standalone hospitals or even just physicians' uh, offices. So one of my favorite small clients is uh, Middlesex Hospital, which is on the other side of the country from you, but it's in Middletown, Connecticut. It's one hospital, a few clinics. They're really great people. Um, and, of course, you know, just about every other client is, is falling in between those. I'm also working with more urgent cares. So there's been a massive expansion of urgent care mm-hmm. and sort of these in-betweens that aren't hospitals, aren't doctors, there's something else. Um, so it's really fascinating to be working with clients like that as well. And what is the end goal with this working relationship with each of these, um, you know, hospitals? Tell us about that. So sometimes it's that they need a speaker. And so they need someone to come in and talk about community involvement or consumerism, some of the topics I'll, I'll talk about when I join Good Shepherd uh, next month. But sometimes it's also just uh, they're on a journey. Maybe they have a five-year strategic plan that got waylaid by COVID, and they're trying to pick that back up. And they're, they're working on all these investments and moving capital around and saying, hey, we're going to spend a lot of money, and, and not just money, also time, energy, all of those things. Are we doing the right things? And and what do our consumers and patients want? And so my favorite thing is if I can come in and be a proxy for the patient and consumer using lots of different NRC data. We have a treasure trove of data so we can pull off the right data and say, this is what your consumers and patients want. Um, now overlay that on your strategic plan. And you'd be surprised at times where the strategic plan is really not um, jiving exactly with what consumers and patients want. And so I get to be a part of that process where we have discussion about it, we debate it, um, working with other folks in the organization to make sure that what they're doing from a healthcare standpoint is what their current and future patients want from their own healthcare standpoint. Yes. And it sounds like you have a very important role um, in working with those hospitals as a strategic advisor. So tell us about NRC Health. You mentioned that. Yeah, so I, I think I have an important role, and I'm glad you said it too, Caitlin, but my kids think that it's not important at all. Um, so I, I still have lots to prove, uh, at least among my own family. Um, but in terms of the company that I work for, NRC Health, they've been around for over four decades. They were really the first to start asking consumers what they thought about healthcare. so not something that's triggered by you go to the hospital and you get a survey, but rather you are out in the community and you may need a doctor or you will have a stay at the hospital eventually. What do you think? What's important to you? So I've always loved the innovative approach that they've taken. You know, NRC Health does a lot of CAPS data as well, which is a patient satisfaction survey. So if you do stay at the hospital, you might get a survey from us. Mm-hmm. They also um, own the Governance Institute, which is a really interesting institution that helps hospital boards better govern themselves. Um, some hospital boards really struggle with that or they've expanded a lot and their board structure doesn't make sense. So uh, NRC Health will come in and help them with that. Strategic planning, um, just about anything we do, physician ratings and reviews. So we sort of cover the gambit. The idea is that we've got a data point and a piece of insight for every touch point along a consumer and patient journey. So no matter if you're before, during, or after an experience, we've got something that can help inform those who provide you that experience to do it even better. 
Well, it sounds like a true partner for any healthcare system across the country. So thank you for explaining that about NRC Health. Um, so let's talk about this annual community meeting uh, that's coming up for Good Shepherd. Again, it's happening on Wednesday evening, November 8th. Um, it's from 4 to 7 p.m. at Hermiston's Eastern Oregon Trade and Event Center, or EOTech. The hospital will present our annual report and accomplishments. Our community will hear from our Board of Trustees chair and our new president and CEO, Art Matheson. We'll also hear from our amazing general surgeon, Dr. Ann Rust, with a presentation on da Vinci robotic surgeries. And finally, your keynote presentation, Ryan, focused on today's healthcare consumer. So can you tell us briefly what you plan to talk about at the event? So these are my favorite types of events, Caitlin, and I'm, I'm really excited to be coming in. I've probably already said that once, but I guess that just shows the excitement because I love to come in and, first of all, hear about what's happening within your organization and within the community because I'm not part of the community, and it helps me to learn what's going on in different parts of this great country. And what I'll, do, I'll come in and do with the keynote is I'll bring that portrait of the American consumer in healthcare, what I described earlier. I'll actually bring it in and share it for everyone in attendance. I'll say, here's what consumers are wanting across the country. Why I love to do that at the local level and with the single organization is because it allows you to think about what you're hearing from me that matches perfectly from what you're hearing in your local community, and then maybe some things that you're not hearing about um, that can stretch the thinking or just something to consider or just provide useful contrast for the goals that you have. You guys are very community-focused and Obviously, this event is, is part of that, and so I'm really excited to bring that portrait of the American healthcare consumer down to the local level and to share it in person with you. Excellent. And so, you know, this is open to the public, so any community member can attend. What's in it for them, Ryan? Well, they're all consumers, so and we all want to be good consumers. Not just of healthcare. I'll actually talk about other um, other examples that I think draw parallels into what's happening with healthcare. But we all know that healthcare can be expensive. Uh, it's very serious. It's mm-hmm. not something that, for most of us, we do very often. And so the stakes are really high when you become a patient. And and what I always go back to is a lot of a lot of consumers don't always feel that they have the confidence or the information or just the wherewithal they need to be a good patient. And so I'll be talking about that, and I'll actually provide some tips and some ideas for regular everyday people on how to be a good consumer of healthcare and um, how to be the best patient you can be. Because of course, if we, for a good patient, and we get through this this journey well, then on the other side we're going to be healed and we're going to feel really good about it. So I think there's something in it for everyone that would come through those doors. Excellent. So getting at the heart of your message to healthcare organizations across the country, how are healthcare consumers different now than they were before COVID struck? Oh, it feels like two different people. I mean, I think we all feel so different. I, sometimes I come across pictures from 2019 or early 2020 before COVID really uh, laid waste to what we knew as normal. And, and I think about how different things were and that's true in healthcare as well, but what I always tell people is from a consumer standpoint, the way that we purchase things, the way we use services completely changed during mm-hmm. COVID. And really, you know, we thought that the world was going to end and instead um, the world really came to us. I mean, the world just was on our doorstep. We allowed Amazon into our homes more than ever. 
We got really excited about fast shipping, which became so fast that two or three day shipping, you know, was no longer fast enough. I mean, our expectations just ratcheted up so much for certain experiences to the point where now, when we go out to have a normal experience, at least a 2019 normal experience, our expectations are really high. And I'm sure everyone listening has gone back to a restaurant or gone in a shopping experience and felt like, hey, this is substandard. Mm -hmm. This isn't what I'm used to. Well, you're also used to a completely different set of experiences that happened because of COVID. And so now trying to reconcile that and put that all together is really tough. And it's in healthcare, of course, waiting an hour for the doctor in 2023 feels longer than an hour in 2019. Mm -hmm. And so we have a lot of patients coming in saying, listen, I maybe haven't been here for a while. I've seen every other industry conform to what I want. What do you got healthcare? And so those high expectations before are even higher now. Absolutely. And um, you had wrote a book called Patient No Longer. What does that title represent? Well, it's interesting. First of all, I wrote that book mostly before COVID, but we had an opportunity to change a few things. It got released in summer 2020. I would not recommend um, releasing a book in the middle of the first wave of a, <laughs> of a global pandemic. Because it feels like maybe I wrote it, maybe I did. We're actually working on a second edition now, which is I'm even more excited about because I can talk about COVID with some context and some perspectives. But the ultimate message of the book is the same, and it's actually really pertinent for what we've gone through the last few years. It's this idea that I'm no longer just a traditional patient. You know, being a patient is important, and patients are important. But the way I might have thought of patient before is that I wait as long as I have to wait for an appointment I listen to everything the doctor has to say, and I don't ask questions, and I just kind of follow through and do what I'm told. And a lot of people are saying, well, hold on. I'm an expert on me and what I'm going through, and I want to be involved in my care. I want to be in a partnership with someone who provides me care, and that's really, really important to me now. And so I don't want to just be considered a traditional patient. I want to be this new type of patient who is a consumer first, and then I'm a patient, and I want great value for the care that I get. And I'm, I'm going to be a discerning consumer. I'm going to decide if I want to go back or not. And so ultimately, when you have good patients like that, they want to build a relationship with a provider. So the book is all about how we build that relationship and not just be the traditional patient. Yes, and not just a number, so to speak. Um, so right. every, yes, everyone in um, healthcare feels compelled to provide a great experience, but um, what are the biggest barriers to achieving it with every patient? Well, it's a little bit of what you said of, of not just being a number. I mean, a lot of patients are worried if I go in and I've got a bad knee that you don't see me as Ryan, you see me as a bad knee. Or if I have cancer that you see me as liver cancer and not the person that I am. Mm -hmm. So. First and foremost, when we don't treat people as the person that they are, when we depersonalize them, I've got a whole new piece on depersonalization that I'll talk about. But that, that is something that can have ramifications throughout the entire patient journey, you know, a series of experiences that you have. But I do think that in the actual experience, there's a couple things that typically either go right or go wrong. How easy was it for me to schedule that experience? Was I able to call in or click? and get an appointment with ease and not have to wait too long. And we lump all that into what we call healthcare access. And then when I'm in front of you, if I'm in front of a doctor for only a minute or two, that has to be an amazing minute or two. Mm -hmm. um, I have to feel really good about that interaction because I just don't see the doctor enough. 
And then, of course, on the back end, you know, we might be leaving the facility as patients, but uh, we're still on that journey because I've got to pay for care, even if I have insurance. And so is it easy to understand my benefits, what I have to pay? Am I able to pay that amount? And it doesn't break the bank. Um, so on the back end, kind of that post-journey or post-experience journey, um, it's really important for me. But all those experiences, pre, during, and post, I really need to feel like someone's treating me as myself. And that's not always a huge investment. Sometimes that's just a caregiver remembering my name or being willing to ask me if I have questions. Some really simple things that we can teach that will make me feel like it's my journey instead of just a disease. Well said. And you talk about um, consumer expectations and how they affect the patient experience. What can you share on expectations? So I always talk about how when, as a healthcare provider, you know, it, it's not real for us until a patient schedules something, and really when they show up that day and they walk through those doors or they come in through the emergency room or however they might enter the building. But really for the consumer and patient, this experience started a long time ago. It, as Americans, we are fantastic at building up our expectations. We expect every meal out to be great. We expect every vacation to be life-changing. I mean, we've really been taught and cultured over time that we should get the best. Mm -hmm. And I believe we should in healthcare. But a lot of times, our expectation for what the healthcare experience is, it gets formed and seen in our mind's eye months, years before we have it. Nobody expects to be rushed to the ER and have to wait in the waiting room. No one expects to, once your name is called, to sit, you know, in another room beyond those doors for another hour. No one expects the doctor to forget something about you or not be able to access your information. We just don't expect those things, and we really never will. And so for us, the experience starts to come together in our minds long before we actually have it. And so that's what I love about the actual experience is where the rubber meets the road. And mm -hmm. what I've expected is now real time is playing out. And that's why it's so important for providers on the other end to do a few things, including ask me what my expectations are, so that the actual experience measures up to what I've built it up as long before I showed up. Absolutely. That all goes into listening to the voice of the patient. Um, so for healthcare organizations, how important is community relations and involvement? It is vital, Caitlin. So when I talk about how the patient wants to be more than just a patient, you know, every hospital and health system, and Good Shepherd included, you want to be seen as more than just where you go if something bad happens or where you go to have a baby or where you go for serious medical care. There's so much more to organizations than that. And healthcare systems and organizations can be some of the most complex in the country. So I love it when they step forth and go to the community and say, hey, we want you to learn about us. We want you to know about us before you need us. Mm -hmm. And everyone is going to need healthcare. So again, the audience is the right one because community members need their local hospitals and health systems so badly. But I love the idea of those systems coming to the community and saying, we want to teach you about us. We want to help you now. You don't have to need serious medical care for us to strike up a conversation to build a relationship now that is going to benefit your care in the future. Absolutely. And what are you hopeful about when you think about healthcare's future? There are some rays of hope. I, I know for a lot of people listening, you know, you think about how healthcare um, 
is something you don't necessarily want to use, but you'll need it. Um, and I do think in the future, uh, healthcare's been through a lot. I think we've learned so much. I think about technological advancements that we made during the first wave of COVID that honestly in 10 weeks in March, April, May 2020, we were we were probably building and advancing in ways that would have taken 10 years if we weren't faced with COVID. And I also think about some of the things that we did on the inside with our workforce. You know, there was a lot of people that resigned, but there's some people coming back. Healthcare went through a lot. And I think that the people that are there now have weathered a lot of the storm. Mm-hmm. And I think they feel like brighter days ahead. A lot of the people that I talk to are excited about a post-COVID landscape where we can get back to great patient care. And you asked about client engagements. I've got a lot of people coming back saying we're picking back up our strategic plan, but we know a lot more about ourselves because our metal was really tested the last three years. And the last thing I'll throw out is artificial intelligence. So AI has taken over. You know, you can't watch the news or, you know, scroll your phone without saying something about AI. I actually have a pretty positive take on AI, and I am worried about it. I think everyone is. But I actually think artificial intelligence will help patients a lot more than we think and a lot sooner than we think because patients sit around and they Google and they try to find information and they try to get confident about their experience. But it's really tough to do that if you don't know what to search for. Information isn't knowledge. And so artificial intelligence, knowing you, knowing your history, and pinpoint things a little better for you and guide you a little better. I think providers will use it in amazing ways as well, but I actually think patients will use it first. And I think that it's going to be helping us to be more informed Mm -hmm. and be better healthcare consumers, which means we should be more confident patients when we need healthcare next. Yes, I think everyone being more informed is always a good thing. And I'm, I'm very interested to see... Uh, where it goes. Um, so let's look at Good Shepherd Healthcare System's mission. It's to improve the health of our community. So Ryan, how important is it to be a hospital and healthcare system that your community deserves? Well, first of all, let me give you high marks for having a mission that's short enough that you can remember it. Um, because sometimes we go crazy. I've been in those rooms where we, you know, we've got a three paragraph mission that, you know, not even the CEO can remember. Um, and I think it's such a simple, uh, beautiful thing to improve the health of the community. I think that, that that perspective is really important because it's not just about providing medical care. Mm-hmm. And it's not just about making money off of that medical care. And, you know, to your point earlier about community involvement, I have seen some fantastic events. And I hope to add yours next month to the list where people are learning and experiencing and even walking on a hospital campus without needing serious medical care Mm -hmm. and learning about their own health and wellness, which ultimately, if our community members become more responsible, even 1% more responsible for their health and wellness, it helps everyone in the entire healthcare ecosystem. And so I think that the fact that you're driven at the health and wellness part, which is really stage one, before we get into providing medical care, I think is, is such an important mission. And I think your community is great to have you because there's other Hospital health systems, which I won't name, who definitely are not focused on community health. They're focused on health care and making money on health care. And you're the opposite. Yes. And let's look at Good Shepherd's motto of patients first always. Why is putting our patients first important in the work that we do? Well, you think about patient first and it's sort of obvious, 
But I actually think when you get inside an organization and we start talking about our own situations, you know, and the things I talked about, making money, you know, everyone has to be profitable. You have to make a certain amount of revenue and profit to to reinvest yourself. And so it's really interesting to think about it from that internal organizational struggle and then think, well, what do I do about it for the community? And you start to say organization straight to the community instead of what's in the middle, your patients. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we can take patients for granted by saying, oh, of course, patients will just show up and we need to focus on our own organizational issues. And you kind of miss the forest for the trees. So I really like the idea that you draw a bright line to patients that without them, we don't exist. Mm -hmm. And the community has to come somewhere. And so it is vital for us to remember that in between it all and kind of at the center of it all is our patience. And every reminder we can get of that is a good thing. Well said. Um, so Dr. Ann Rust, um, she's Good Shepherd's general surgeon. And we mentioned it earlier. She will provide a presentation on da Vinci robotic surgeries. This is the most advanced, minimally invasive technology available. Ryan, why is technology so important at your community's hospital? Well, it's really important for a few reasons. One, there's you know there's there's so much technology that is um, part of what makes the healthcare system running, but it's really powerful to have that healthcare be patient facing and to be able to display it in a way that. Um, people and patients and community members can see and understand because they want to know more about the technology side of healthcare. And oftentimes that's one of the most confusing parts. And it's hard to stay up with technology. So I love the fact that you're investing in technology and investing and informing the community about that technology. Yes. Um, So it's time to wrap up Good Health today, Ryan. Is there anything else you would like to share with our listeners? Uh, I would love them all to go from listener to attendee and join your event. I would love to see you all in person, and I really do love taking this American portrait of the healthcare consumer and coming and seeing people in real life and sharing this message that we're more than just patients, we're people, we're consumers, we want to be involved in our community, and healthcare is a great place to do it. Yes. I want to thank you, Ryan, for joining us today. Ryan Donahue will be coming to Hermiston Wednesday, November 8th from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. at Hermiston's Eastern Oregon Trade and Events Center, which is Good Shepherd Healthcare System's annual community meeting. We're looking forward to hearing you speak on these important topics as we discussed a little about today, Ryan. So thank you for joining us, and we can't wait to see you. Thank you so much, Caitlin, for having me on. Again, this is Good Health, and we invite you to visit our website for more information at www.gshealth.org or our Facebook page, where we will post a podcast of today's interview with Ryan very soon. This is Good Health, brought to you by Good Shepherd Healthcare System in the KOHU studio. Thank you for joining us, and be well.